Well, here it is, a new episode of the Let's Go Eat Show. I'm Bill Allred, and my guest this week is Troy Williams, the Executive Director of Equality Utah, an advocacy group for the LGBT community. And Troy is a polarizing figure, I guess. I mean, there are people on the right who definitely don't like Troy Williams, but there are people on the left who seem to distrust him, too. He sometimes worries people in the gay community because he's too outspoken, and when it was suggested that he replace Brandy Balkan as director of the uh, of Equality Utah, a lot of people felt that Troy wouldn't be good for the job. Brandy was was kind of soft spoken, and she got things done with gentle but very firm persuasion. Troy is known as a bomb throwing radical kind of firebrand, not the right person to advocate at the highest levels of church and state for the lesbian, bisexual, trans community. But then, there he was, in talks with the apostles of the LDS Church, negotiating landmark legislation, helping get passed a bill here in Utah which prohibits discrimination against LGBT persons in housing and in the workplace. Troy said when that deal was struck at the legislature, he even fist-bumped one of the apostles, and that bill got passed. And Troy Williams was one of the people that helped get it passed. So how did this happen? How did Troy Williams go from being this radical firebrand, this guy who got arrested for blocking the door of, of the governor with 13 other people at the state legislature a couple of years ago, how did he go from being this firebrand to somebody who was then negotiating deals with LDS apostles and legislators. Well, we sat down and uh, talked to Troy about all of this here on the Let's Go Eat show. Uh, you know, on the Let's Go Eat show, we usually let guests select where they want to go and do the interview. And when uh, uh, the producer of the show, my son Dylan, called Troy up and said, where do you want to go? He said, well, there are a lot of places I like. I like, uh, you know, I like Pago. I like Faustina. I like Finca. Uh, he suggested a lot of the places that we often go to on the Let's Go Eat show. And he said, but, you know, I also like hot dog on a stick at the gateway. And so uh, when Dylan told me that, I said, well, then let's go to hot dog on a stick at the gateway because – it just seemed appropriate somehow. And that, that's Troy Williams, too. He said, well, let's go to Hot Dog on a Stick at the Gateway. Uh, and that's where we went. So it's really noisy in the background. There were crying babies and people yelling and country music blaring in the background. But that's where we conducted the interview. And we had a delicious Hot Dog on a Stick. Uh, and Troy Williams and I uh, chatted about his life and uh, how he went from – and, and make no, no mistake, Troy's still a firebrand. Uh, he still he still is a uh, he's still a radical, but he keeps that so, you know in check when he has to. Uh, an interesting talk, an interesting life. Troy Williams, executive director of Equality Utah. Here we go. Oh, uh, by the way, I would want to thank uh, my son Dylan Allred for producing the show. I want to thank uh, the Gateway for allowing us to sit there in their noisy food court uh, at uh, Hot Dog on a Stick. I want to thank the lovely young woman who woman who helped us at Hot Dog on a Stick. Uh, thanks to Corey O'Brien also for helping out with uh, let the Let's Go Eat show. And thanks to all of you for listening. And uh, as always, when you're pouring the lemon. Uh, spike it with something generous and always, always make mine a double. Mm, salty ah. goodness. I love it. Oh. Mm. All right, we rolling? Right. So, this will be an interesting um, edition of the Let's Go Eat Show on any number of levels. First of all, It'll be interesting because of all of the noise mm -hmm. in the background. The bad music, the the yelling children, yep. the echo. What the hell is this music anyway? I don't Just even like know. It's like Garth Brooks. I don't even know. Um, it's country music, I think. Yeah. Our, uh, our guest uh, is Troy Williams, who is the, uh, what, what's your official title, Troy? Executive Director. Executive Director of Equality Utah, a position he's not held very long now. Six months. Yeah, six months. Uh, Troy Williams, uh, who has gone from um, uh, just, you know, a, a firebrand, a, a protester, a, a, to, to a, a now a more button-down kind of a position. We'll talk about that whole yeah. transition. I wear suits now. Um, but not today. Not today. I'm buttoned down today. But you do wear suits fairly often now. Yeah. When you're they're all tailored, too. Yeah. Well, yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. 
Oh yeah, uh, step it up. Kind of, kind of remind you of your old days back when you used to, when you were a deacon in the church. And well, yeah, I used to, yeah, I used to have the Mister Mac, but now a little bit more mm-hmm. tailored to precision. You have to be careful when you get, if you go to the City Creek at the the Nordstrom there, and you get a suit tailored. Uh-huh. They like to tailor it for a Mormon missionary, not like a gay young man. Yep. Right? Well, what's the difference? Well, well I mean, well, I mean, I know what the here. difference is. It's a little bit where like, like the gay. Tailoring is a little bit more European, a little bit tighter, you know, uh-huh. around skinnier legs, mm-hmm. you know. But the, the Mr. Max style, a little bit more boxy. Are yeah. there still Mr. Max stores? I think that there's one in City Creek in the food court. Oh, there, he, right, but right above the food court. Well, it's not in the food court. No, that would be it's odd. It's right above the food court. Yeah, uh, we're so. recording this episode of the Let's Go Eat show <laughs> at Hot Dog on a Stick. Hot Dog on a Stick. That at at the Gateway. That's why all of the noise and. Uh, and why are we at Hot Dog on a Stick at the Gateway? It's Troy's fault. Yeah. He said, well, I like, what restaurant would you like to go to, Troy? And he said, uh, well, I like uh, Pago or Finca. I like Faustina. What were some of the other things? Oh, Copper Onion, yeah. Copper Commons. We've done, yeah. let's go eat shows at uh, a lot of those locations. Yeah. All of them, and, I think. and then he said, but I also like Hot Dog on a Stick at, at the Gateway. Who doesn't? Mm. Well, I'm on this new paleo diet, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And, uh, and what people don't know about these hot dogs, only 250 calories. And they're, they're um, corn-fed, free-range. Yep. Hot dogs. Um, non-GMO um, yeah, corn dogs. You made all of that part up. You no, made that last part 250 up. calories. And Aliyah, who's there behind the counter, she'll tell you that the McDonald's calories are much higher yeah. than a hot dog on a stick. They, they do have the calorie count on their menu. And she said McDonald's has the calories on their menu, too. You she, want to get scared, go look at their menu. She exactly. Yeah. She's totally dissing on McDonald's. Yeah. And she's really cute, too. She's adorable. Yeah, isn't she? A little bit of animosity. And, of course, the other reason why I love hot dog on a stick so much is uh, that the uniforms that the yep. girls wear, inspired by Katy Perry's fantastic Super Bowl performance. Well, well, I think Katy yeah. Perry was inspired by hot dog on a stick. Okay. Yeah, it goes that way. Oh, well. So, you, uh, did, you did have a concern, though, about coming here. Uh-huh. You were worried about, about the jokes. Oh, well. You shared that with I'm me. gay. Don't, you don't need to, like, you know, make a bunch of hot dog on a stick jokes. Well, here's, here's the thing you might not know. I'm biting in right now. Mm. About time. my mm. dad has a, a, a borderline sexual fascination with the uniforms and yeah. girls who work at hot dog I, on a course. stick. Over the years, I've found them to be very sexually appealing. They are. Yeah. So this will bring you guys together, I think. They are. Yeah. I've, I've, do they have male... Um, hot dog on a stick employees? They, I think they do. I've never seen one. I yeah. think they have. Occasionally they do hire. I hope they're not discriminating. Yeah. I hope so, too. Because you would look into that uh-huh. as the executive director of Equality Utah. I would. Yeah. Um, that, by the way, this is my son, Dylan, who is back as the producer of the Let's Go Eat show. Hi, everybody. Back from New York and now helping me produce the show. Um, so, here we are. Uh, it's let's very talk. delicious, isn't it? It's I mean, good. Don't, you cannot lie. This is a good hot dog this is on a, a stick. Uh, you have you have options at hot dog on a stick. You can get a turkey dog. You can get a veggie dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can get a hot dog on a bun. There's a vegan. There's yeah. a vegan uh, yeah. on, a corn corn vegan uh, option. They have funnel cake sticks, which to me that's not a funnel cake. That's a deconstructed funnel cake. Yeah. Uh, but you can get a hot dog on a bun. But to me, if you're going to go to a place called Hot Dog on a Stick, you should get get the stick, a hot dog on a stick. It's delicious. I think food on a stick in general is a good idea. Right, exactly. Yeah. We, we love the, the shish kebab. It's yeah. it, it's um, you know. Yeah, I was going to open up a, a restaurant called Toast on a Stick. Toast on a Stick would, would be amazing. Would be Probably in New York is where you'd start that. Toast on a stick. Yeah. Oh. Anyway, let's bagel on a stick. My yeah. You know, I don't know if that would be considered kosher. Okay. I don't know if you could do All that. Right. So, anyway, I'm going to take one more bite of a hot dog okay. here. And as I ask my first question, um, Troy Troy Williams, uh, Utah boy, yes? Well, I grew up in Oregon, actually. But but I, this is my home. I feel like I am a, a Utahan. Well, yeah. uh, born, in, born in Oregon. And, yep. and, uh, Eugene, Oregon. Eugene. It's like the Berkeley of Oregon. Yeah, it's a, there's the college there. Nike is there, yeah. right? Yeah, uh, Nike is actually in Portland, but yeah, the U- University of Oregon is in Eugene. Um, so, it's a hippie town. It's yeah. a hippie town. 
So why where why did you come to Utah? Um, initially, I I came here to be amongst my own. I, I after my Mormon mission, I I moved to Zion. I moved to Utah. So, so you were a a Mormon boy in Oregon, right? And that well, you have to be kind of in the closet when you're a when you're a Mormon a boy, closeted Mormon. Yeah, and a closeted Mormon because people don't they won't make fun of you there for being uh, gay. Mm-hmm. You know, they think it's cool if you're gay in Eugene. Oregon, but uh, if you come out as Mormon, that's when the, that's when the bowling and the taunting started. So, what you, what years were you growing up as a Mormon in Eugene? Um, I am a Gen Xer, so I, I grew up in the eighties. So I was a teenager in the eighties. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it was a uh, pot smoking and yeah, yeah, yeah. I had my head, you know, I had the sides of my head shaved, and, mm-hmm. and you know, I listen to Susie and the Banshees, and I'd have my Smith cassettes, yeah. and I would be very sort of angsty. It was before emo was a thing. I was sort of we were emo before there was. Emo. Yeah. Right. You were a closeted uh, young teenager. Yeah, closeted gay, closeted Mormon, Smiths, Liss, Morrissey listening. Kinda, nope. Nobody yeah. knew that you were gay. Oh, everybody knew except my parents. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> your, your friends knew. Of course, yeah. You yeah. Um, you didn't keep it a secret from your friends. Well, no. I mean, I, I how I internalized it myself as a Mormon was that I wasn't gay. I had same sex attraction. These were inclinations that I had, but it wasn't. Me, I wasn't part of my identity. And if I was super righteous and I did all the things right, yeah. the, the, it would go away eventually, and, and I would get married. Did you did you talk to your um, uh, religious leaders about it at all? No, I kind of kept it um, boxed inside, and it actually became a source of like um, real difficulty for me on my mission. Not because I ever a- acted out, uh-huh. as they say, um, on my mission, but um, but because it was. I, ha- I felt the inclination and I felt the desire. I felt such tremendous guilt, and it was like physically starting to manifest in my body mm-hmm. on my mission. Mm-hmm. Like I, I would f- every day, I'd feel pain on the back of my shoulders oh. and through my neck, and I just this like, like I felt cursed. I felt like there was I was like demons, like sort of ripping away at me. I uh, and, and I mean, uh, you you, st- you sort of stopped talking about that because I could sense it starting to. Yeah, make you feel emotional again. It's intense. It's hard. It, it's, and I don't want to take you to that place. Well, uh, we, we are at a hot dog on a stick. Yeah. So. But, uh, I mean, can you explain that that to people without, I mean. Well, it, yeah, yeah. I it's mean, a real sensation. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the beautiful things about growing up Mormon is you do grow up with this deep sense of community and a deep sense of belonging and specialness. Um, wards are very uh, well equipped at making you feel like you belong. And so if you have this deep internalized belief about uh, about this faith, and all of a sudden this thing inside of you is, is putting you at odds with it, and you know that if you act on it, you will be exiled from it. Um, and I was also it was the eighties was a scary time because the AIDS plague was killing masses of people, and so all I could see in, in a gay life was death, spiritual death and physical death. So it was terrifying. So did you think that maybe that that God was in fact punishing gays and and that sure yeah the, the Mormon yeah, faith was sure. was was right and that. Yeah, if people were living the commandments of God, then this wouldn't be happening, right? So something was wrong with you. Something was wrong with me, yeah. Did you come from a long line, or your parents' long line? My mom's side, yeah. My mom's side, um, uh, you know, were early folks from Ogden and and Idaho, and Mm -hmm. and so we kind of come from that kind of Mormon stock, and then Mm -hmm. my dad's a convert. So, uh, you know, my dad's dad's story is, is, I think, great. You know, he... You know, he kind of grew up in a in a rough household, and he um, he saw in he saw a group of, of young people that were living a really good lifestyle. It was very different from his own upbringing, mm-hmm. and they were sort of virtuous and clean cut, and they were Mormons, and they really helped put my dad on a really good path that he wasn't on. Mm-hmm. At the time, and I think kind of rescued my dad in a lot of ways. And my dad met my mom in sacrament meeting, and and so. You know, without Mormonism, I wouldn't exist in the form that I'm in now. You know, so it is a deep part of 
of who I am. What do you your know? parents do for a living? Um, my my father was actually we were very working class. Um, my my dad was a, a Sears technician, and he owned dry cleaners. And my mom worked in the dry cleaners and ran it. And you have brothers and sisters. Yep, yep. And um, I have a brother and a sister. And I'm not. I'm really close to my sister, who's uh, actually this kind of wonderful libertarian. I mean, our political views couldn't be more opposite, uh, but um, but we have a great relationship. And I have a brother who lives um, somewhere here. I haven't chatted with him for probably 20 years. Lives so. in Salt Lake? Yep. And yep. you don't see him? We don't see him, mm. no. Does your, your sister live here as well? Uh, my sister lives right now. She's in North Dakota. And your family, uh, your in, parents? In still Oregon. In, still Oregon, in Eugene. Yeah, yeah my, my mom passed away five years ago, mm. so... And so you grow up in uh, um, Eugene. Uh, what, what did you like to do? I mean, what were your interests? What were your... Um, you know, I was like really, I mean, uh, you know, I, I bonded with Carrie because, you know, I, I grew up sort of um, sublimating my sexual desires in X-Men comic books. And, <laughs> um, and, um, and I loved, you know, music and, and very sort of new wave and music in the 80s and, and loved hanging out with my friends. So... And, um, what were your what, what did you think you were going to do with your life? What were you going to do for, you know, a career? I, you know, I kind of run the gamut. After I got off my mission, I like became a real estate appraiser, and and uh, and then I uh, I've, I've been I've done so many different things in my life, and that was like awful. It was like I was, like five years of awfulness of like going into plant urban developments and measuring stucco houses that all look the same and. Yeah, you went to you went to college. Right, I went to BYU for one semester after your, right yeah. after your mission. Right after my mission, and then uh, but I, it was I, just not coming together for me. I was kind of going through a faith crisis at the time. Um, I was dealing with my uh, you know on, on different levels you know my sexuality, but the the what's people? I mean, I was so scared about being gay that I I actually. Um, try to become like this turbo religious person, like this super overachiever. And I thought if I just was like a super Mormon, I would overcome these inclinations. And so I ran to the thing that was farthest from. I became an intern for the Eagle Forum right after my mission. So Gail Ruzica. Gail Ruzica is mm. was my political mentor. And she's the first person ever to take me up to the Capitol. She taught me how the legislature works, how you lobby, how you actually get bills passed, or you defeat them. Mm -hmm. She was truly my mentor. And she taught me that if you have a deep passion for something, then you need to actually throw yourself into it and work to change it. So, you know, I was a little bit on the, the zealot side. Um, I'm surprised you didn't go so far as to get married. Uh, yeah, I mean, I dated girls, but thankfully, it just, um, it just, I just never went that far with it. No. I, I couldn't go. Um, I, I wanted to. I want to uh, touch on one thing that you said too about that. That those, you know, those urges and feeling that that you were, you had to fight against them, and that it was wrong, and that it's it, you know, it's it struck me as the same thing that heterosexual Mormon kids feel when they feel sexual urges right. in, a, in a way. You know, it's, um, I shouldn't be feeling this. You, yeah. know, you know, young men who are on missions who feel that towards right. young women, and they get sent home because right. they can't, right. they, they, they do something untoward on their mission, yeah. or they just can't deal with it. And yeah, they, I had like four missionary companions sent home mm -hmm. at different times. Not while they were with me. <laughs> yeah, know what one was one was with me at the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, for what for sexual transgressions, yeah, it's, and it's yeah. because that's one of the hardest things to deal with. Yeah, straight or hetero, I would think. When yeah, you're, when you're growing up, and, and in the '80s, you know, you didn't really have a lot of good positive gay role models. Yeah. I, I, I well, the village people. Well, with the, oh, the village people. Well, I always think my my mom actually loved the village people, and we had the album. And I always thought Go West was about the Mormon pioneers. <laughs> Apparently, though, when I got older, I learned that it had a completely different meaning. We were just talking about this on the radio the other day. That you know how the how the straight community, you know, the the, the United States Navy actually used the song. I know in the Navy as a right. recruiting song. Exactly. You know, yeah, right? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the things that you, but yeah, I mean, I would see Boy George, mm -hmm. and I would see uh, David Bowie, and I thought they were cool. Mm -hmm. But I thought that, that was that's what gay is. Yeah. 
uh, but that's not what I am. And then I, I, the only other gay character on television I can remember um, was uh, Stephen Carrington on Dynasty, and and Blake came in, caught him with his lover, and he wrestled and he killed his lover, and there was a big trial, and then then uh, Stephen went and married Claudia, all right, no. and went back and forth, and I'm like, there's just no, there's no hope for me here. There's no future as a gay person. It's yeah. going to be miserable. It's going to be death. It's going to be my 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 uh, uh, my dad killing my lover. It's going to be awful. That's all I could see. So you went to, went to BYU. Uh, where'd you go on your mission? England and Wales. How was that for you? Just being out of the United States. Yeah, yeah. Time. I mean, England's amazing and it's beautiful. And and um, y- y- funny enough, the only <laughs> the only uh, the, the, the family that I'm still in touch with that I baptized was Adam. And I when I walked in, and Adam was 18 years old, and uh, he's now. Uh, and, and I walked in, and there was Madonna pictures everywhere, and and he had Madonna tattooed on the. Her initials tattooed on his on his waist, and I was like, "Yeah, of course I baptized the gay kid, and and, <laughs> and he's still and, and he's still gay as can be, and uh, <laughs> finally came out. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so you, you you come back from your mission, you go to BYU. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you study? You didn't study anything in particular. Not, no, just general ed, and I uh, then I I mean I. I was having a hard time keeping my faith together, and and it was kind of kind of crumbling on lots of levels, and um, I was dealing with um, you know is this true? Am I gay? What am I? And I finally was just uh, I transferred to the university. Well, that's when I was also a real estate appraiser, and then I after that I said so I've got to pull my life together and and actually be who I authentically am, and it's not a real estate appraiser, and it's not a BYU student. Um, and then I, so I, I quit the, that job and I moved to Salt Lake City from Provo and uh, I went to the University of Utah, came out and uh, changed my life. How did you, how did you do that? How did you d- come out? What, what did you decide? I, what did you- I, well, you, know, you come out on different levels and different stages. And um, I remember driving down Freedom Boulevard in Provo. And I'm, there was an Indigo Girls song on the radio, and I knew they were lesbians. And I was like, really was listening to their harmonies of their voice, and it was really quite stunning, their harmonies. And it was this epiphany that hit me. I was like, if two, two people who have, are creating such beautiful music are not evil, God does not think that these two women are evil. And it was this... Epiphany. It was. I had like the permission um, to, to to recognize that that it was cool to be gay, <laughs> and it was okay to be gay, and, and yeah. you could do beautiful things if you were out and proud as a gay person. And yeah, and, and, and that was the beginning. That was yeah. the beginning okay. of, of sort of peeling away at, at that. Um, and then I, I remember actually just watching an Almodovar film, and and while well, I was it was all about my mother, and I remember watching, um, and, I, and I'm like, oh, I'm gay. Mm-hmm. That was, it was just, oh. kind of, just kind of, you know, mm-hmm. the, yeah. these little stages, mm-hmm. um, things mm-hmm. start to come out. Um, uh, so you go to the U. What are you studying there? I studied film. I have a film degree and an anthropology degree. Oh, that's really useful. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I, I do have a. I would later have a, te- a brief television uh, uh, mm-hmm. career producing stuff. But um, yeah. Where, where did you do that? Um, I worked on a television show called uh, Breaking the Faith um, and uh, on TLC, actually, about FLDS kids on the run. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember yeah, that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And you went into radio? We did radio. At the same time? At the same time? No, it was before that. Um, I, KRCL Radio, after I graduated from college, you know, 9-11 had happened, and we were kind of gearing up for war, and the only, you know news station or media that was actually kind of anti-war that was like regularly anti-war was krcl Mm -hmm. locally and so i just like started volunteering there during their pledge drive and i just never left actually and i started volunteering they just launched a show called radioactive which was um kind of progressive talk radio which is this crazy concept in utah and i uh started producing it three months after i started interning there um, talk about the um, uh, process of uh, coming out to your family. Was that? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's hard. It's so hard. I, I told my sister first, and um, I flew to Vegas. She was in Vegas, and I flew there to tell her. And 
then she told my mom, and my mom kind of called me, and and my parents, you know, didn't have the emotional vocabulary to really process it, and they still don't. Or my mom passed away, but my my dad still has a really difficult time talking about it. You mm-hmm. know, like he changes the subject when it comes up, which mm-hmm. I mean, it's difficult for him because not only does he have a gay son, he has a gay activist son. Yeah. Who's often been, you know, dealing with issues around his church, mm-hmm. activism around his church. Mm-hmm. So that's, I think, been very difficult for him. He, and he's still a very active yeah, yeah, yeah. church guy. Very, very devout to the LDS church. You, you, you visit him from time yeah, to time? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think, the, but the damage is done. It, we don't have a, we don't have like this deep relationship. We don't have a, you know, he doesn't want to know about you know the details of my life and and i've done some pretty awesome things if i'm dating somebody you know he's he can't process that yeah um and he's you know i don't know he's a little bit older but you can't take a be, you really would you wouldn't take a boyfriend home uh, with yeah you. yeah you know yeah if, I've, if he's never met anybody i've ever dated and, and if i ever talk about them it, it's very uncomfortable and so mm. this kind of you know this this rift within faiths have a, you know, a damaging uh, impact on families, because most of my friends who live in Utah, grew up in Mor- who are gay, grew up in Mormon households, and so these culture war battles, as we get into them, um, really adversely impact and tear apart families. Uh, we we all struggle with it, you know. We all try to you know have a good relationship with our parents, and it's. You know, it's it's really difficult. I mean, it's a it's a it's it's a such a big part of your. I mean, none of us really want to talk about our sex lives with our parents, right? But but you can't bring up even. I mean, you should be able to bring up your family life with your parents or your, you know, right? You know. It's really hard. I yeah. I did not have a relationship with my mom of substance before she died, yeah. and it was such a difficult thing because I like when she had terminal diagnosis with breast cancer and I like six months before I'm like I just this this is this is it I've got to we've got to go talk and we've got to sort of work through all this because if we don't the, the opportunity is gone forever and we went out to dinner and I you know I just said mom we've got to talk about this gay thing and everything that it means and she just at that stage of her life um, she said to me, she goes, it, I, she goes, it doesn't matter to me anymore. She said, the, the, the thing that I, I am most concerned about for you is that you are safe, that your activism doesn't put you in danger. Um, and that was, that was awesome on a way. And it yeah. was, it was a good moment, but yeah. it was, it was at the end of her life. So, she, you know, it's all this lost time. A uh, couple of questions arise. I, I want to talk. I want to ask you: Have you ever felt that your life was in danger because of your activism? Um, it kind of always crosses your mind whenever you um, speak in a rally, um, and there's like a big crowd of people, and the emotions are high. There's always that it always kind of flickers in the back of your brain, but you can't live in fear like that. No. You have to get up and and speak your truth. And have you ever had them? No, no. I mean, you know, people always, when I travel outside of Utah, and people know that I do gay activism in Utah, everyone's always like, oh, you're so brave. But I always find that Salt Lake City proper is one of the best places to do this work and one of the most supportive places it's, to do it. It's interesting, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, you, it? Salt Lake and Utahns may be quite opposed to it. But at the same time, they're 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 good people, and they're uh, they are, and they're and they're too polite to mm-hmm. to hurt you. You know, I mean, right. they're true. Or, or, it's true. I don't know how to right. And and truly, like, if you find a Mormon family or Mormon parents who are like full on supportive of their their gay yeah. kid, they are some of the fiercest allies you will ever meet. No. They know. are full on because I mean, Mormons, some Mormons connect the dots lds folks were persecuted in the very early days of the church their prophets were murdered mobbed their properties destroyed they were driven across the country because they were different and i think that there is we have a lot in common on that level you know lgbt people have been beaten and raided and and with with always in conflict with police and arrested um you know we all know what it's like to be ostracized for being different Mm -hmm. 
Um, another question I wanted to ask you before we get too far away from it, you, uh, from your family. Um, you said your brother lives in Salt Lake, has been here as far as you know for 20 years, yeah. and you haven't spoken to him in that right. long. What happened? You know, it's, uh, you know, we have a very, you know, he's, he's a much older than me, and so we, there's a generational divide between us. Um, and he's super religious, and I'm not. And I, you know, I'm this, I'm kind of this, this gay guy. Though, interestingly enough, um, since I've been working and working with the church and, and uh, passing this non-discrimination work that we just did recently, um, my dad, my brother, uh, friended me on Facebook after like 20 years. Huh. Of, you know, and no, no message there, no mm-hmm. anything, but you, like, you just randomly, out of the blue, um, I, I see, he must see me on the news a lot, sure. right? Mm-hmm. So I, it's often on my mind. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, um, maybe someday, maybe, maybe not. You know, you guys sort of have to accept what is. And mm-hmm. and um, have you have you ever tried to reach out to him? Yeah, I mean, I saw him briefly at my mom's funeral, and you know, but um, but you know, he and he he saw my gay activism as being um, as being adversarial toward the church. And and that yeah. was an issue that he couldn't sort of reconcile. What did your what happened? How did your relationship? What happened to your relationship with Gail Rosica when yeah. you uh, came out? And and I know you still see Gail. Oh yeah, and have seen her oh, off yeah. and on for a long time. We're up together every day at the Capitol during the legislative session, mm-hmm. and it's really interesting. I uh, the first day of the, of the session this year, I ran up and I always give Gail a hug. Um, I don't. I'm grateful for what Gail taught me, but I'm also grateful to have sort of a, a worthy opponent. Um, I think that the movement needs adversaries um, that are, you know, I, I think that we've benefited from Chris Butters and Gail Rizika, and they've, they've kept us from being apathetic. Mm-hmm. They've kept us from being docile. They've fired us up and pissed us off and, and got us to rally and to protest and, and to be politically active and if we didn't have that opposition i don't know that we would have got as far as we have Mm -hmm. so i appreciate gail on that level even though the things that she says and does are extremely damaging to gay families and gay kids and are extremely harmful i mean i I am grateful and we do have a very friendly relationship um she i hugged gail she hugs me and i walked up to uh, her little eaglets her little interns (laughs) the first day of the session and um and I'm like, hi, I'm Troy. I, you know, I used to be like you, and I used to be one of you. And I'm like, and I am living proof that if you all continue to work hard, you too can one day be the executive director of Equality Utah. So, yes, you're looking. Yes, say, which one of you might <laughs> turn? Yeah. <laughs> yep. You yep. never know. What is? I, and I don't. I don't want you to. This is not a, 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 a trash talk session or talk shit session. but <laughs> We can dish oh, a little bit. Okay. But, I mean, when I see pictures of Gail Ruzica, she just very often looks in photos sullen. so unpleasant. So sullen. Yeah. Does I, she have a, have you not have met Gail? Sense? Have you never interviewed Gail? I don't think I've ever met her or interviewed her. How is that her. possible? I, just, I don't know. I, we talked to her once on the phone. Um, and I know um, her son who passed away. Yeah, Josh. Yeah. Josh used to call us occasionally because uh-huh. uh, I'm pretty sure he was a listener. Mm-hmm. And he would call us occasionally. And occasionally he would say, you know, you guys, my mom's really a nice lady. <laughs> I, I love my mom. She's yeah. old. I think all of her kids would say that. Yeah. Even her kids with tattoos. and you know, She I mean, has them. Huh? Oh, yeah. You bet. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Gail is not evil. She's a human being. Yeah. Um, and I think we need to see each other's humanity. And yeah. Gail has, de- has dehumanized gay people. She has said horrible things about us. And I, the natural inclination is to return that, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and I don't think we can do that. I think we got to be better than that. Um, and I think in her own world, you know, I can only speculate, but I... You know, Gail is a deep believer in Mormonism, and she really believes in, literally, in the Book of Mormon. And the Book of Mormon says that, that America is a chosen and a promised land as long as it is righteous. Mm-hmm. And if it ever does not become righteous, it becomes wicked, then God will destroy it. So 
in her mind, she's just trying to keep America from being destroyed. I mean, that's noble. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And if you change the laws, if to, you know, to allow gay people to get married, that's mm. becoming iniquity and, mm. you know, and... And so. there's a sense of humor in there somewhere. And sure, a, yeah. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. yeah, she's an interesting case. I, I did interview Chris Butters once a long time ago. I miss him. And, I miss um, Chris Butters. And uh, actually, it was a... I, we, we agreed beforehand that we wouldn't talk about certain things that would get us yelling at each other. Right. It was about some charity event or something. And, mm-hmm. and, I, and I found him perfectly pleasant yeah. as long as we stayed away right, from, right, right. you know. I threw a big party at the Capitol called Butters Palooza mm-hmm. back, back in the day because he had, he, he had come out and said that, uh, that, that gays are worse than Muslim terrorists. Yeah. And, um, That's right. And, and I, lo- I loved that. <laughs> that was awesome mm-hmm. and, uh, um, and horrific. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we threw a big – one of my first activist things I ever did was this big Butters Palooza event. And I, we had a blues band and we had uh, – Break dancers and DJs, and we just had a big party up at the Capitol on a Saturday afternoon. Um, um, you became more and more of an activist and uh, organized things, and um, and uh, some people saw saw you as a radical. I guess. I I mean, <laughs> I never. I, I mean, I guess because I'd met you on several right, occasions, right. and I thought, well, I don't. Doesn't strike me as being a really a radical. Radical, yeah. Uh, you, you, I don't think you thought of yourself as a radical. Did you? No, I think in Utah, I mean, just being a little bit, um, a little bit uh, confrontational, um, I, I makes me a little bit radical here in this context. Mm-hmm. But if you were to drop me in Berkeley or you drop me in in New York City, I think I would be pretty, you know, mild, mild, mm-hmm. moderate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess maybe the most you got you got yourself you and a bunch of people got yourselves arrested up yeah, at the Capitol. Capitol thirteen. Yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah, I I did I did lose that passive aggressive streak when I left Mormonism. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I lost it, and I <laughs> and I, I didn't have a problem kind of being in your face. And but you know, even then, it was a it was really modeled after a sort of peaceful civil disobedience when traditional avenues of democracy fail. When they collapse, which they had last year, um, you know, civil disobedience is a proud American tradition, and we're going to do it peacefully. And yeah, remind remind people of that well, what, that story and how yeah, that happened. Yeah, so about. I mean, you know, we just passed a, a non discrimination bill um, for housing and employment here in Utah, but and we've been trying to do that for seven years up on Capitol Hill. Every year, for one reason or another, uh, this the bill has been stalled. It's been killed. For whatever reason, um, and basically all we're asking for is to amend the existing state laws, uh, anti-discrimination laws in housing and, and in employment, to include sexual orientation and gender identity. Well, Salt Lake had done it. Salt Lake, yeah, we did it on a municipal level, and several other states, our cities had. We had passed twenty municipal ordinances. We did KSL Deseret News did a poll that seventy-two percent of all Utahns wanted a statewide bill. Seventy-two percent. But last year, because the, the Kitchen v. Herbert case was going, this is the gay marriage case that we thought maybe might go to the Supreme Court. We didn't know. Um, Governor Herbert and Sean Reyes went in, and they, they said to Senate leadership, just shut everything down. Right. They didn't talk to us about it. They didn't ask our input on this. They went behind closed doors and made a decision, and they blocked us out of the democratic process. And so we said, you know, I, just, I got a bunch of my friends together, and I said, the doors have been blocked to us. Let's block the doors. Initially blocked the do- entrance into Governor Herbert's office, uh, and then they evacuated him through the secret tunnels. <laughs> so that was yeah. just blocking a door with no one there. Yeah. And I'm like, where's Senator Niederhauser, the, pre- the Senate president? Where is he going to be next? So we looked up the schedule, saw this committee room that we knew he was going to go into, and so we moved there, and we blocked the doors there, and that's when we were arrested by the, the uh, state, state troopers. State troopers. Yeah. Um, uh, you, were, you were booked? I was booked. Charge. I, I was booked. They 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 stripped me down, and uh, threw me in a drunk tank mm-hmm. by myself uh-huh. from the rest of the, the thirteen uh-huh. uh, with three intoxicated homeless guys. You know, but I was there for an hour. I'm like, what are you in for? Well, yeah, that smelled good in there. I'll yeah, bet. It was great. Mm-hmm. And um, what eventually happened with the charges? Well, um, we're in the middle of. Um, 
uh, we've been offered a. Pl- They're still the, pending. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, mm-hmm. we, we've since we have now passed the bill, uh, they've offered us a deal, and I think we're going to plead no contest and uh, have and, and have a plea in advance and. And be, still, it's still all thirteen. Yeah, uh, the same yep, deal. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll probably be on probation if we don't block any doors for a year. We'll be <laughs> probably be okay. Uh, so, uh, it was after that that uh, um, Brandy. Um, Right. Decide a brand. What's her last? Brandy Balkan. Balkan. Yep. Uh, lovely woman. Decided she was going to step down as um, head of Equality Utah. Yep. And uh, I think she she had a new baby in her life and just wanted to. She had a new job opportunity. Oh, yeah. Did she get a? Yeah. Where, I don't, yeah. Where did she she, move she moved over to Gill Action, uh, which is a, a national funder for LGBT rights, oh. and so she took a step up. Oh, good. I mean, she's amazing and she's remarkable. She's a great person. And, and the, you know, what, what Utah's loss is the nation's gain, truly. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, there was uh, uh, the vacancy at Equality Utah, and there were some names put forward, and you were among them. And and there was uh, there was a little bit of controversy about you being yeah, selected. Yeah, so strange. I like the. I thought it was I, odd too. I, it was after I, you know, I, I was announced at the our annual allies dinner with Laverne Cox mm-hmm. from Orange Is the New Black, and and the next day the Tribune headlines was controversial activist um, mm-hmm. <laughs> picked the lead gay rights group, and and um, and then I think it was KUTV had a headline that was infamous gay activist, <laughs> and I'm like, well, all right. <laughs> was that just all a media stir up, or what? Or I, were, I suppose. Or were there some people who thought that you were? Yeah, I mean, everyone. Our community is very opinionated, mm-hmm. and we ha- we are the whole range of of, of uh, the whole spectrum of opinion is there, and so I'm sure there, there are a lot of people that were like, "There's no way Williams can do this." Mm-hmm. You know, he can't put on a suit and a tie and actually be an effective legislator. He just got arrested. That was a dumb choice to make, um, and you know, time will tell. Uh, though we, we did get some good legislation passed. Well, this year. I think I think uh, <laughs> you've now kind of proved that you can deal with because the very first thing that you had to deal with, along with other uh, uh, leaders in the LGBT community, is work with the LDS Church right. and the Utah State Legislature right. and yeah. get this non discrimination ordinance passed. And we did, and. It was, I'll tell you what, this last legislative session may be the most intense experiences of my entire life. Well, talk about it. How, yeah. how, what was behind the scenes, what happened, and how it worked? Well, you know, we've been in this adversarial posture with the LDS Church for years and years. Mm-hmm. And it really hit its um, the zenith after Prop 8. Mm-hmm. And you remember we the gay community was protesting at the temple, and I was involved in that, leading some of the angry marches around the temple. Um, I participated in the kiss-ins on church property. Um, it was a really caustic time, and it was awful. It was ripping families apart. And Senator DeBacchus um, was just relentless reaching out to the church saying, we need to talk. Mm-hmm. We have to talk. And so he started meeting with um, bureaucrats from the church, from their PR folks, and and um, started bringing some get Brandy in and other folks in. They didn't let me near them at the beginning. <laughs> um, I wasn't. They wouldn't let me near them. They kept me a babe. And a couple of years later, Senator DeBacchus came to me and says, Troy, you need to come talk to the church. And I'm like, I don't want to. I don't want to. They, 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 they've attacked our families. They've done blah, blah, blah. And, mm-hmm. You know, I've got all these wounds from my childhood that are, you know, hurt. And and and, uh, and then Senator Bacchus said to me, he's like, Troy, you don't have to make peace with your friends. You know? Yeah. And, I, and I was like, okay, I'll do this. And I brought my friend uh, Dustin Lance Black, who's a, a filmmaker and uh, wrote the movie Milk about Harvey Milk. And... We flew him in, and we went and met with the church for the first time. And it was scary. They invited me to the Christmas concert. Um, I think David Archuleta was performing. And, and, um, and we went, and we met, and it was awkward and uncomfortable. And, and, um, but it was the beginning uh-huh. of conversations. And that's the only way you're going to change things. Um, and so what happened this legislative session was a continuation of that um, you know, the church came out and endorsed the municipal ordinances in Salt Lake in 2009. Right. But they hadn't endorsed a statewide um, bill. But they did the second day of the session. And it was like, all right, 
let's let's just go to work. Let's see what we can do. And then, of course, LeVar Christensen immediately steps up and says, right. well, here's what we need to do. We, have to, we need a religious protection law. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And LeVar, yeah. So, I mean, you'll notice over the past few weeks that Utah has been praised nationally for the work that we've done. But Indiana mm-hmm. and Arkansas have been blasted. Um, for a, a yeah. LeVar Christensen-like. Exactly, because yeah. they passed what's called a, a RIFRA, statewide RIFRA, which is a Religious Freedom Restoration Act. It's like a statewide version of the national, uh, the federal Religious mm-hmm. Freedom Restoration Act, and it allowed businesses to use their religious beliefs as a as a um, defense against any discrimination claims. Mm-hmm. And that's what LeVar Christensen wanted to do. Yeah. And the church wasn't interested in LeVar Christensen's bill. And so they sat down, and something unprecedented happened this session, we were all at the table together, and gay and straight folks, religious and non-religious folks, Republicans and Democrats, we sat down, we rolled up our sleeves, and we crafted a bill that would protect everyone and harm no one. And that this is the first time this has ever happened in the history. We have never, the gay community has never been at the table before uh, the, the way we were this year. And the LDS Church opened the door for that. They could have walked the path of Indiana. They could have chosen to go the path of Arkansas, but they decided against it. And LeVar Christensen's bill was shut down by Republican senators. Yeah. I mean, we had some high drama stakes. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was a moment where I went to President Niederhauser, and I'm like, if LeVar Christensen's bill moves forward, I will bring the Capitol 1300 up here, and I will shut this place down. Oh, you didn't. <laughs> well, you have to be a bit dramatic every <laughs> once in a while. <laughs> but um, you know, let him know that I still have that fiery activist mm-hmm. in me still. Uh, but they know uh, Senator Niederhauser and, and the Republican leadership in the Senate shut that bill down. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there? Did I hear correctly, though, in the bill that was passed, is there an exception for Boy Scouts and BYU-approved housing? Yes. Um, okay. It's a clarification of, of exemptions that already exist. Um, Boy Scouts are already exempt from. Yeah. They well, already are. Yeah. And so is BYU housing. Um, it's fairly standard in non-discrimination laws in, on the federal level. And on the state level, to have religious exemptions, because it's private, because they're private clubs, First Amendment, yeah. and all those things. So, if you were to drop BYU uh, and replace it, and you drop it at Berkeley, mm-hmm. um, they would be BYU would still be exempt from California's statewide non-discrimination yeah. gotcha. laws. Gotcha. Yeah. So, people have been upset about that because they don't understand, kind of get that. Yeah. Um, and the federal level, the federal laws, that's true as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it passes. Yep. Uh, and uh, uh, a pretty pretty remarkable thing. Yeah, and mean, then, I, I, no, but but with with two apostles from the church. So I, here I am having this press conference with two apostles, and this is like a big. This is a, this is a quite a head trip for me. Yeah. You know, being the the return missionary and being the missionary who is so um, tormented and tortured physically. By being gay and and hoping that this would can be the beginning of a change, uh, if not not a change of doctrine per se, but a, a change in how we deal with each other and how we respect each other. That was you know I hope that that was a step forward, um, and that a, a young gay LDS person would ha- feel hope, feel hope for their future. And yet, two weeks later. Three weeks later, general conference, right, and uh, the church elders, the leaders of the church, talk about not having counterfeit families, right? Not, ha- not having right. I was. I, I see yeah. you as the uh, right head of Equality Utah had a statement to make about that. Yeah, talk well, about it. you know, I I fist bumped Elder Perry. We fist bumped together <laughs> when we signed the the bill with the governor, and. I, we had found common ground on housing and employment non-discrimination, but we've never had common ground on marriage, sexuality, or family, ever. So I didn't expect, you know, that suddenly after this historic legislation was passed, that the church was going to change the hymnal to, to sing, I am a gay child of God, and he has made me queer. I, I didn't think that that was going to happen. 
I didn't think that the church would extend an invitation to the queens from RuPaul's Drag Race to perform at the Christmas concert with the Tabernacle Choir, though that would be awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't expect that, that their doctrine would change. But, yeah, it was a punch to the gut, though. You know, it hurt. It hurt, you know, to, to take that step forward and to have your family or your life um, to say that you're a fraud, that you're counterfeit, that you're not real. That hurts. And more so, it hurts a young gay Mormon kid who is being told by an apostle that their impulse to love is a fraud. That's damaging, it's painful, it's wrong, and it's not true. Is there another way? Uh, it, is there another way, and you know, far be it from us maybe to. To, to counsel the church, right. but maybe we should counsel the church on how to deal. Because I don't want to say that they can't believe right. that that the idea of a family should be the traditional family. If they, if that's what they would like to believe, then mm-hmm. that's. This is America. That, then that, this is America. They have the freedom to believe whatever they want. But but the, but, but why cast aspersions on people who choose to believe yeah. another way? Yeah, um, you know, it was difficult for me. Um, you know, I, I've really wrestled with this, and it it broke my heart writing my my uh, press statement um, release about you know, sort of responding to this. Um, because I, you know, my photograph with Elder Perry has been picked up by AP and was on Al Jazeera and The Guardian mm. and Washington Post as everywhere, all over the world. And, you know, it hurt a lot. But you, you have two different options. You can recoil and, and return the anger or you can say see it as an opportunity to do more outreach and more conversation. That's the only path forward that I can see. I did not take this position because I wanted to um, perpetuate a culture war. I took this position in Equality Utah because I wanted to end the culture war with my friends in the LGBT community. That if we could work together alongside our LDS allies, that we can create peace in this state. And that's the, what, the path I'm committed to. And it's hard. It's mm-hmm. hard. Um, do you ever... I mean... Will there be a day ever that uh, that it will be more? I mean, I think uh, when I saw, uh, well, I think it's uh, Dylan's mother, my ex-wife, when she saw she saw Sister Dottie's play. Right. Well, yeah. she said, she said, you know, th- this will all change when the women of the church yeah. finally stand up and say, right. enough, enough. You know, I I, I co-authored the play. Um, and when I, when I, we were writing, um, I really wanted to create a new model for how families, LDS families could deal with gay kids. And, um, one of Dottie's missions, she goes to Burning Man accidentally and takes this, uh, this, this mushroom tea and she has this vision of this giant box elder bug wearing a, a Jacqueline a Smith sweater set from Kmart. And the, this, this giant box elder bug um, tells her that she has a mission to bring the Mormons and the gays back together. And so she becomes this kind of advocate zealot to do this and ends up getting arrested and thrown in jail. Uh, and she, her whole mission is to bring the, the gays and the Mormons back together. And when in 2012, uh, so we, I think we did that play back in 2009, I think, 2012... Pride Parade. Um, I'm Dustin Lance Black is back in town, and we're at the, and there's this group called Mormons Building Bridges, and they're at number eighty in the parade route. And Lance and I are like, let's bring them to the front and see what happens. And we, and we brought three hundred active Mormons to the beginning of the front of the Pride Parade, and we didn't know what was going to happen. We didn't know how our the wounds were so deep. We didn't know that if, if the crowd would throw things at them, boo them, yell at them. But what happened was the crowd cheered 
and bald. And the Mormons were crying. And they had signs like LDS hearts, LGBT, I'm sorry I'm late, these beautiful signs. And I felt like I was marching with 300 Dottie Dixons. Mm-hmm. I felt like that, that, that the, the moment, the healing, that, that there was a desire for healing from the grassroots of the church. And that this was the beginning of actually something happening. Mm-hmm. And, that, and their numbers have just swelled. And now they're in pride parades marching all over the country. And more, grassroots Mormons are coming out for their gay family members like I've never seen before. There is this group of Mormon moms that call themselves Mama Dragons. And they are fierce. They, they all have gay. They're more active Mormons with gay kids. They are fierce warriors. I had one, one Mama Dragon come up to me and she goes, I told my bishop that if you want my temple recommend, you can come and get it. But I'm standing with my son. And to me, there, there they are, all these Dottie Dixons in all of these wards all over the country. And there is, that, your wife's, ex-wife is exactly right. The women are going to create this change. Yeah. And it's happening. Yeah, and I mean, nobody's, nobody's saying that it, that means that gays have to get married in the right. Mormon temple or anything. It never, just has to never. Be, it just has to be acceptance. Yes. You know, um, Dottie Dixon was always very um, fond of, of quoting. Her favorite quote from the prophet Joseph Smith was, uh, be the change that you want to see in the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. <laughs> right? And, um, and yeah, so you know, I think these, these women are, are embodying the change. But, um, you know, as a, as a radio personality or as a Equality Utah or wherever I'm at, as a playwright or whatever I've done, it's about changing the story, changing our narratives. When I was a, like I said, when I was a gay kid, all I, when I, I look at gay storytelling in the 80s and the 90s and the new gay cinema, and it was all about people dying of AIDS. It was all about parents kicking their kids out, and it was all about gay suicides. It was yeah. death destruction. Look at Brokeback Mountain, yeah. all right? Yeah. If you are gay, beautiful film, right? But if you are gay, you're going to be either be killed or live alone in a shack. Yeah. And I like when I was writing Dottie Dixon, I'm like, I don't want to be a victim anymore. I want to create and craft a message of empowerment that, that shows people a new way forward. Mm. Um, and I hope, you know, whatever small way I can help contribute to creating a new narrative. So if Elder Perry says something that, that's harmful and hurts our community... You know, do I, do I lash back out of him, or do I try to find a different way forward? Mm. And that's you know, in my own my own inadequate ways, in my own limited resources, I'm trying that. Um, what about Troy Williams? You gonna gonna get married? I don't know. Have a family? I don't know. I've gotta I've gotta find my gotta find a boyfriend. A first. significant yeah, other. right. No. <laughs> um, you. Um, you got your hands full with uh, Equality Utah? It's amazing. Yeah. You it's, like it? It's been life-changing. Yeah? Yeah. And it's such an amazing organization, and it's just really, I think, been leading the way, um, changing the narrative. Mm-hmm. That's why I wanted to be part of Equality Utah, because I had seen the work that my predecessors had done. And, and uh, I'm like, I just want to perpetuate. I just want to be the, I'm just a torchbearer for a limited time. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I picked up the torch up from Brandy. Mm-hmm. And was able. She laid the groundwork for so much of the success that we've had this year. And uh, in, a, in a few years, I'll hand it off to the next person, and, and on we will go towards greater equality. Any more uh, Dottie Dixon plays? Or no, not right. This has got me all consumed mm-hmm. all the way. Yeah, this is my sixty-hour-a-week job. Mm-hmm. This. <laughs> so, uh, do you enjoy your hot dog? <laughs> it was amazing. Only two hundred and fifty calories, Bill. I know. It was amazing. I've been doing the CrossFit, you know. So I, I've been uh, this, this whole paleo diet thing now. I'm uh, that's why I have to eat here. You know, you're looking buff too. I'm feeling it. Yes. Uh, it's if people want to find out more about Equality Utah, what do they do? EqualityUtah.org. We have a big, great event coming up in southern Utah on May 8th and 9th. It's a big celebration down there in the Cayenta community in Ivins, Utah, next to St. George. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, our big allies event is on October 3rd, which is the big Salt Palace Gala. It's the, the most sexy event of the year. So. I've been to, I was at, what did I do at the one? I went to the one and I did something with, uh, with Rachel Maddow. What did I do? I presented that, 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 something. That was the ACLU. Or, oh, was that the ACLU? We love them. Are you sure no, you didn't just watch her on was, TV at home? I did something at Inequality Utah. Okay. All right. 
with Dottie. I don't. I get, we'll have you back. I get. I go to all these big. Is that at Weber? The, the big event. The, the oh, I've done. The, I've done the we'll Weber see. ones. The, yeah, uh, couple of times. But, yeah. Oh, I know. I, I went. I was gonna. I was gonna present Dottie at a bit at the Equality Utah, uh, when the national comes in. Um, HRC. Yeah. Yeah. Human rights campaign. Right. And 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 then they wrote me out of the script. Ooh, oh, I'm sorry. That's okay. Dottie might have done that. She, no, she doesn't like the sharing the spotlight. You it know. wasn't Dottie. It was the national guys. <laughs> she's the very. Uh, it was the national. She's guys. very particular. No, I know. Believe me, I've worked, worked with Dottie. Before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we work together very well. Okay, but but uh, it was the national guys wrote me out of the script. They said, "Oh, we're sorry. We just don't have time for you." I'm like, oh, don't you know who I am? Uh, no, I said I didn't. I said, "Well, I get dinner, don't I?" And they said, "Oh, yes." Well, very good. Yes, you're always welcome at Arjun. I'll never write you out, baby. Okay. Ever. Uh, Troy Williams, uh, the Executive Director, Equality Utah. Uh, thanks a lot. Thank you very much. Uh, it's the Let's Go Eat show. Thanks to Hot Dog on a Stick for selling us some hot dogs on I'm sticks. a cheap date, aren't I? Yeah. That's yeah. Great. That's good. This is the cheapest one we've ever done. I think so. Yeah. Thanks, Dylan, for producing the show. My I hope pleasure. people will be able to hear this interview over the music. I, I think so. I worked hard to, to make sure people levels. could. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Good, right. good. I'll All clean right. this up. You guys can just stare at the hot dog on a stick, people. What? Huh? What? Huh? All right, that's it. Uh, we'll see you later. Uh, remember, if you're pouring drinks, always make mine a double.